rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Boom. Hello. Uh-oh. I hope you can hear me. Can I hear me? No. Now I hear me. Hi, everybody. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. We meet here at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels on Saturday evenings, usually. We have a set spot, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern, at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels, and then we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Give the show a good review on iTunes, and we have a lot of good reviews on there, so that helps get us up in the rankings and other people who are looking for some podcasts some normal people podcasts will find us this show tara buster this is unapologetic liberal talk and if you become a patron at patreon.com slash tara devlin we'll have more shows we'll have set time during the week and that's what we will do instead of me popping on and then wondering who's going to be there if at all no usually people start piling into the chat room so if you're on any other platform if you're on facebook periscope wherever else twitch come on over to youtube at youtube.com slash c for channel slash rdt daily media and hang out with the rest of the crew that's where i'll be reading most of the chat and interacting with people over there. All right, yeah. Um, I was gonna. I don't know. I figured, what the hell? Do a show. We need as many shows as we can get to counteract the prevailing narrative in this country. That is, I believe, um, this country is uh, under some kind of corporatist zeitgeist. Due to the incessant pro-corporate, not that you can't be pro-corporate. You you know how you're pro-corporate? You regulate the goddamn corporations. That's how you're pro-corporate. Capitalism without regulation is not a sustainable system. And trust me, um, here's another thing that annoys me about the United States of serfs and lords. Many Americans think that capitalism is synonymous with democracy and that it couldn't be further from the truth. In, fa- in fact, capitalism will put you put your whole damn family in chains. And it has and will do again if we don't, uh, if we're not careful. So uh, it'll kill you. It'll dump shit into your water. You'll be, uh, you know, you'll you'll feel the consequences while they pocket the profits. Scott C., are you talking about going after the rich? Going after them in what way? Scott on Facebook is posted a. Uh, are you talking about going after the rich? I'm I'm just riffing over here. Going after them? In what way? We're talking about... How about having a democracy that works for all? Like Justice Louis Brandeis said, we must make our choice. You either... We, we, we choose concentrated wealth in the hands of a few 
or democracy, but we can't have both. The kind of system we're under now is the kind of system the founders rebelled against. Yeah, we don't have an intergenerational aristocracy, but they're working on it. They're rebuilding the aristocracy. That's how they, uh, one of the, the main things that they did in one of, um, in Twitler's tax scam was that they eliminated the estate tax and the estate tax is, or was a tax that prevented the, the form, uh, what is it? Presented an intergenerational aristocracy from forming. So Americans used to understand, well, it really should be our duty to inform the American people, but they're so bamboozled by the incessant propaganda that comes at them from all sides. Some people are just stupid. We know that. I would say that's about a third of the American people, only because living through this time, seeing what... No matter what Twitler does, he will never go below that 35%. So I have to... Well, there's also been studies about um, the authoritarian personality, and that is also around 35%. So authoritarian personalities are... They're not, they're they're anathema to democracy. These are people, well, how I describe it is that they are incapable of functioning in a free democratic society. So they feel, they pretend to love America. They just don't get it, though. They're confused by America. They don't, and therefore they hate America. That's why they have to cling to the symbols of America rather than the substance. And... For example, what's going on with Amy Coney Barrett, with this whole sham hearing, another Republican without honor, frankly. They, they are in, they don't have a, um, they don't have ethics, they don't have decency, they certainly don't have honor. If any one of those um, nominees, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. Why? You know, I tried to shut this this ding ding off every time I get a text. I don't mind. I don't mind it popping up in my alerts, but ding 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 ding. Here we go. That's it. I think I fixed it. I thought I had it fixed. Anyway, what was I saying? So, um, the fact that they participate at all. You know, you could be, they you could have a Twitler. There could be a Mitch McConnell who Christopher Browning, World War II historian, describes as the grave digger of American democracy. These people can live amongst us, of course. But that they found so many willing co-conspirators is alarming. And proves my point all the time. Republicans, they don't, they don't like democracy. It's ne- they have never liked democracy. I've been saying this for decades. I am not kidding. And people would be like, oh, you, you're being, you're just being hyperbolic. You're, 
Um, you, you're just like them, but you know the the both sides. Like they say that you don't like democracy. They no, they say that we don't like America. That's what they say. But I say, and I bring the receipts that they don't. It's not that they don't. They they're incapable of liking America because they're confused by America. They don't know what America means. I don't care. They they uh, wave their pocket constitutions. It's a joke. It's sort of like, you know, some closet case putting up pinups of, uh, you know, like some, some gay guy who's in the closet putting up uh, Playboy centerfolds in his whatever, in his locker. Because he can't, you know, that's a sort of to throw people off the, the trail of what he really is inside. They're, that, that's why they have to waive the Constitution. They don't know what the hell the Constitution means and what we're supposed to be doing here. So they have effectively um, inflicted their minority tyranny on the country all under the guise of red, white, and blue, mom and apple pie. They're patriots. What a ruse to call themselves patriots while destroying everything that is truly patriotic, what it means to be an American, anything that made this country great, they rail against. And this Amy Coney Barrett is another case in point. They, oh, well, let's go back to Gorsuch, too. Same thing. They didn't have to participate. If Neil, uh, if, uh, what's his face, the grave digger of American democracy, Moscow Mitch, called up Neil Gorsuch and said, hey, I'm blocking this Obama from putting a- any justices on the bench, any judges in any of the courts. And he didn't have to go along with it. Anybody who has any ethics would say, you know, I don't really want to be a part of that. I'm sorry, because I am a patriot. I love my country. I may not agree with everything on the other side, but this is not the way it's supposed to be. The American people elected Barack Obama in two landslide elections, popularly and through the archaic, outdated, throwback to slave states, the Electoral College. And for Mitch effing McConnell from Kentucky? So we're, got, we're under the tyranny of Kentucky? So the entire country, whether they're Democratic or Republican, they um, agree that most of the American people say that we, we don't want big Republican friggin' noses in our doctor's office, in our business. That's the majority of the people believe that. So they're going to shove another so-called pro-life. They're not pro-life. They're pro-birth. And frankly, Democrats, please start using the proper terminology how many years? When, you know, we talk about the estate tax on the show. How them just 
labeling it the death tax, the estate tax is the tax that prevented an intergenerational aristocracy from developing. So all they had to do was rebrand it as the death tax, and you have the 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 dumb yokels at the Trump and Z Nuremberg rallies cheering. Oh, we got rid of the estate tax. <laughs> Woo! They're all cheering. Uh, the elimination of a patriotic tax that stopped the tyranny of organized money from being more powerful than the state itself. That's why we... That's why... Uh, the founders, that's why we, well, I mean, uh, Thomas Jefferson said what is uh, speculating, you know, how do we stop the, what is, how did he put it, um, the prop, power of property, I can't quite remember, was, anyway, but he, they talked, he talked about progressive taxation, that's how you stop um, the power of organized money from overtaking the thing that they had fought a revolution to create. So, okay, let me see. Hello. Um, Scott on Facebook, I can't answer all your questions. If you want to come over and go to YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash RDT Daily Media, there's a whole bunch of people in there that might be able to help. Because... I would like to answer all your questions, but I can't do a show just, you know what I mean? Answering your questions. I'm not trying to be rude or anything. I'm not. I'm really not. And I appreciate you watching and being here, but I also, I'm asking you to come over to YouTube since there's a lot of people there and maybe you can hang out there and you'd like it. You'd like it more better. Excuse me for drinking on the air. I don't care. I don't have a friggin' button. So you hear me, you know, my disgusting noises. So, no, no, no. Do not apologize, Scott. You're fine. I'm just saying that come on over to, if you come to YouTube, those, there's a whole, there's a bunch of other people there too. And it's, um, I'm, and they, you guys can all get to know each other and I'll, um, it's easier for me to pay attention to one chat, but I do see the Facebook chats coming in and other places too. Anyway, all right. Um, thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Thank you, Richard W., for your super chat. So as I'm saying this, let me put the the address in the in the chat so you can just click on it instead of going to hunting hunting for it here we go all right um what was i saying uh amy coney barrett uh, republicans suck let me just get my brain on my let me get myself up to speed um i watched a majority of the hearings today it's a re it's ridiculous and I'm outraged in general. I really wish the Democratic Party would listen to this show. If anybody has an in with the Democratic Party, would you please pass on 
our um, suggestions, they really don't know how to play the game, it seems like. What the brand, what, it, what, do they, don't they have marketing people in there? Why are they, uh, I mean, it's so irritating how they really do, fe it really feels like that the Democratic Party, and I'm sure you'll, you'll agree, they, they're pandering or they're trying to get Republicans, average Joes, who are on the fence, who don't like Twitler, you know, they're, they're trying to get them to vote for them. And it's really irritating. And is this why they have to constantly pretend that they're, uh, that they don't use uh, the, the framing that we suggest talking about? And don't call them pro-life. Call it, it's pro-birth. It's not pro-life. And stop apologizing for being on the right side of history. Say, no, you're, I wish you were pro-life. I wish. In fact, you're not pro-life, you're pro-birth. In fact, anyone who is not, doesn't like abortion, should be voting Democratic since abortion rates go down under Democratic presidents, and here you go, here's the math. And you get one of the interns to pull out a, a chart. Abortion rates go down under reality-based family planning, under expanded health care, and expanded uh, and living wages and... Everything that actually makes a country great, that Democrats fought for. And Republicans like to pretend that they were, they were for all along. It's sickening. So, just to get, kick us off here, you might have seen it. It's going around all over the internet. Uh, Mitch McConnell, they dug this up who Christopher Browning, the World War II historian, labels the grave digger of American democracy. Oh, I'm sure he's just a liberal. See, anytime you mention truth, justice, the American way, reality, um, it goes in one ear and out the other of the right wing of the fascists because, oh, it, it's a liberal they're liberal. They're a liberal judge. It's a liberal historian. They're liberal this, liberal that. Lip F you. Liberal this, liberal. So what? He's a liberal? No. It just goes to show you. You know what that is? That is psychological projection. Republicans are, they suffer from that as well, along with m many other failings. But they project. It, it only says that they're capable of that, you see, because they are political hacks who spread bullshit. They assume that everybody else is spreading bullshit and fixing the facts around the policy. They do that. They write long um, dissents or long ma majority opinions, and they could be on either side of an issue, no matter what, depending on whether... 
they want a particular outcome or not. They'll flip and flop and change just like they did with with uh, Lindsey Graham saying, um, you could pull up the tape, mark my words, if we have the opportunity to seat another Supreme Court justice, but we won't until the election. You can pull this up. You could use it against me, he says. And, oh, you know what? He said, oh, I see. It's that they also have the Senate. Right, right. So now they add another uh, addendum to their ethics and morality that don't exist. Oh, right. Because why didn't you mention that before? When you were obstructing President Obama's and thereby the American people's choices to put on the Supreme Court. Wouldn't they have said, well, it's precedent. We are following norms. Not norm from Cheers. We're following uh, governmental norms of our predecessors who they never ceded a Supreme Court justice from the opposite party when they had control of the Senate. They never mentioned that. Why didn't they mention that? When Merrick Garland was trying to get a hearing, Merrick Garland, the, the judge that Lindsey Graham said would be palatable to the fascists. Well, if he nominated somebody that we could all agree on, like Merrick Garland, so what does Obama do? What Democrats always do. He nominates somebody that the Republicans pick. That's what Democrats always do. They regurgitate Republican policies to the Republicans. So in the hopes that the Republicans will become normal, will suddenly see the light and will have an interest in democracy and having a functioning government. And not and and giving up their 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 passion, namely destroying the democratic republic that so many fought, bled, and died to entrust to us. Oh, that they'll see the light, they'll suddenly be Eisenhower, all Eisenhower Republicans. But. Um, I'll say it before, I've said it before, I'll say it again, even this Lincoln Project, all of those Republicans on the Lincoln Project, who I appreciate, I like those ads that they make, they're clever, they're good, keep it, keep it up, I love listening to Steve Schmidt, he has a way with words, of course he does, but Rick Smith, same thing, they're, but they're not our friends, and they helped us get to this moment by every line, every norm that they crossed. Now, you tell me, if all of this shit was going on, everything that the Republicans are doing, funneling money to the arms of the few, concentrating wealth, taking their majority, looking at the country... Right when they get this majority, the the United States is already the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap between rich and poor, and they say, you know what, we need more. We gotta get. You know what this place needs? You know the eighty percent of the American people are living check to check. 
one third can't retire. Millions are dying. Third, I mean, now I think it's I. I just read something that I always say that's thirty five thousand Americans needlessly die without health care every year. And then I read a statistic; it was more like sixty five thousand. So I'll have to update that. Needlessly die for lack of health care. For lack, I mean, it's not that they uh, can't get it. They just can't afford it. You know, you should, as it's sort of like education. Like Romney says, you should get as much education as you can afford. Sort of like back in the feudal days when education was the providence of the rich. I mean, this is what they're doing. They're dragging us back to the times that that the the that western civilization was under for thousands of years that is what they're doing make no mistake and if they really cared about having a functioning society you know what amy coney barrett effing uh kavanaugh frat boy cav who likes beer and uh, Neil Gorsuch, they wouldn't participate in this. And, you know, just to bring it back to the Lincoln Group or the Lincoln Project for a second, if all of this, all of the the policies were the same, except they had Mike Pence peddling it, there would be no Lincoln Project. They have no problem with the upward immobility and the income dis- disparity. They have no problem with the fact that the American people, 80% are living check to check. It's, that is an appalling reality that says it all. If that was the only thing that was wrong with this country, that would be enough. 80% are living check to check. That means this shit is broken. So if all of that was in, were still happening and it was Mike Pence, they would, there would be no Lincoln Project. They would all be for it. They just don't like the chaos. And Trump is an overt wannabe, well, dictator. Yeah, he's got dictator envy. So... But we've all we've been we've been heading in this direction for generations, at least since I've been alive. It's that's been the trajectory since Reaganomics. These filthy bastards. So let me see here. Where is it? Here's Mitch McConnell on Hannity talking about, you know, his plot to destroy America. Let me tell you what this book is about. This book is about the most long-lasting contribution that Donald Trump... Oh, how dare you. He's talking about a book he wrote, supposedly, with Donald Trump. Him and Donald Trump, they sat there writing a book. Who believes that? Raise your hand. I don't see any hands up. That he, he and Donald Trump got together and wrote a book. Please. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they had enough time between not doing anything about COVID-19 except allowing it to 
infiltrate the country and kill 217,000 Americans in three months. But you telling me Donald Trump write a book? He never, he didn't write the art of the deal. He didn't write any of those shitty books that he put his ugly face on and his stupid tacky name on. He didn't write any of them. He has a higher ghost writer, just like Donald Trump Jr. He never wrote a damn book. He never read a damn book in his life. I bet you, I guarantee you, I don't even have to, uh, you know it. You think Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump? What book? You, you tell me, they sat there and read a book from cover to cover? Who thinks that that ever happened? Never. Never. Not even for school. They don't play by the rules. Twitler never took the SATs. He had somebody else take them for him because he sucks. He's stupid. And how do I know they never read a book? You want to know? Look at their Twitter feed. You, <laughs> if you read a book, if you were well-read or had any interest, if you read in general, period, end of sentence, if you read, you would know how to spell and when to use Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Or Y-O-U-R. It's basic. That is something you learn in the eighth grade or or maybe before. I don't remember. You're not, but you're a child when you learn that to, I remember this now. The teacher, T-O-O, T-W-O, T-O. It's not the goddamn, uh, you know, enigma code. But they somehow can't crack it. That's how you know they've never read a book in their life. In their useless waste of human DNA existences. They have never, never added, contributed, done anything positive for this planet or the human race that they purport to be a member of. So, how much longer, I have to ask, I mean, right out of the gate, how much longer, how much longer are we going to take it the tyranny of the minority. So he's talking about a book. Him and, and Twitter wrote called The Long Game. Fuck you. Oh, my God. I know. I have to stop cursing. I'm sorry. The Long Game. That's what Twitter wishes. He uh, Stormy, <laughs> Stormy called him, right? Instead of Mario Kart or something like that. I don't know. I don't know that character. Toad from Mario Kart or Mario, uh, who knows? All I know is it's, it's like a mushroom or something. It's a little mushroom. But he and, that's what he's talking about. When he's talking about this book. Uh, hey, I'm the person. Look at that face, too. 
he he looks like that guy at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark in the process of being melted. I don't mean to be mean, but maybe somewhere it's sort of like the reverse uh what's that portrait of Dorian Gray? Maybe somewhere he has a portrait of himself handsome and and uh, human-like. Not that I, I don't mean to make fun of his looks or anything, even though I have no whatever. Fuck him, right? Really. Americans have made for the country, and that is putting. What have you done for the men country? Men and women who are strict constructionists. This is absolutely. the oh shit! I hit the wrong button. I hit the wrong button. I have to breathe because I could feel the anger rising. It's starting. It's right like in the pit of my stomach. Here it comes. Lasting important contribution the president could make well into the future, far beyond his tenure in office. Uh, so we'll have life? a judiciary more judiciary. not to make it up on the fly. You know, President Obama said he wanted to appoint judges. You filthy bastard. Not to make it up on the fly. So anything that doesn't suck corporate... Um, I don't... Corporate... Uh, um, uh, what's the word? I'm trying to think of another word than uh, suck corporate Mario Kart, towed from Mario Kart, is is making it up on the fly, according to these fascists. Because funny enough, you know how we always hear how oh they only pick the right person for the job, and they're they're constitutionalists. It's all about the Constitution. How funny it is that uh, it's always, it's how it's only white men, old white crackers that seem to have a grasp of this Constitution. And all of these old white crackers, some of them have actually been rated unqualified by the American Bar Association. And some of them, I mean, well, because now the ABA is a liberal, it's a liberal society. Now everything that's, that they don't like, oh, don't, just dismiss it, it's liberal. Well, you know what else is liberal? The United States. This, the, the, a, a country that pledges its lives, well, who's, let me see, let me rewind it. A nation founded by, I guess, well, by men, of course, and women, but who pledge their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other. That's liberal. And overthrew a king. There's nothing more liberal, there's nothing more progressive than that. And founded a country based on happiness, the pursuit of happiness whose national motto picked by the founders. Not like, you know, the, the filthy fascists who had to add under God, one nation under God, because they, they're not godly. Because they're trying to differentiate themselves at the time in the 50s from the, from the communists, the godless communists. So they got to go branding everything under God. Because they're not under God, that's why. 
Anybody who's really under God, you know how you know they're under God, quote unquote? You could tell. They don't have to. They don't have to write it on the wall. They don't have to shove it up in your face because you could tell. It's in their actions. Under God, according to right-wingers, that's the only thing under God is God, uh, the only thing God cares about is whether you have the appropriate combination of peepees when you're filling out a legal contract. That's under God. Or whether you um, are forced to carry a pregnancy to term, whether it's in your best interest or not. Because Mitch McConnell knows better. But he's not going to give you or or any of us the, the a, a kind of civilization that any you know someone who finds himself pregnant will be you know, without the means to support they're not going to be like what am i going to do i have uh, i this is you know, i was just listening to who was it is either Tom Hartman or Randy Rose? Somebody called in, and she was saying, "My grandmother died of an of an abortion of an illegal abortion back in the Depression. They tried to. She, it was her. She, she she got pregnant. She had six children. They had no money, no job, no. And she said, "My mother remembers." them take being taken into the room and all of the children having to say goodbye to their mother because she was dying. They That's somebody who's desperate. And, you know, here we are. This is why Roe v. Wade exists. It's about privacy and, the, and your safety and, and, and having... Um, like we say, like I, I've said before on the show, and how, well, like I wish the Democrats would start saying that um, denying legal abortions do not, does not reduce the numbers of abortions. All you do is reduce the number of women who are alive. You're only reducing the number of safe abortions. That's it. So if you don't like abortion, who does? Don't um v- don't vote Republican. You don't like abortions? Then vote for policies that reduce their numbers, r- really reduce them. Anyway, I'm flipping out already. Bad empathy. Well, wait, yeah, wait, 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 let me rewind this. This son of a bitch is going to tell us about, oh, you know, it's a strict constitution. Oh, it's great if you have empathy, but what if you're on the wrong side of that empathy? They don't have empathy for you. Funny how all of the Republicans, all the fascists, they only have empathy for those who have it all already. They never have empathy. For the little guy. Isn't that odd? Like Amy Coney Barrett. It's really bizarre. If she's not an ideologue, and I mean, she's not, she's 
she's all about her faith. Faith, my ass. What kind of faith has um, kiss up, kick down as a dogma? Because that's all she does. Every, every powerful entity that has ever been before Amy Coney Barrett on the court, on her, uh, by the way, stolen seat. She's already in a stolen seat. Yeah, Mitch McConnell blocked Bar Barack Obama's nominee no, President Obama. To, a, to the court. In fact, she, the nominee that Barack Obama nominated was a black woman. Amy Coney Barrett, you know, she's one of the white women. The reason why she's one of them is because she is a she is a cheerleader for oppression oppression the patriarchy and her own the demise of women i mean who belongs to a goddamn club or whatever religious organization it's not even i mean you, you think about all the catholics how many catholics are there a billion catholics let me see how many catholics I was I'm I'm in that number because that's what I was how I was raised I was confirmed I'm in the books. How many Catholics? Two billion. Oh, one point two billion. One point two billion Catholics on Earth, and Amy Coney Barrett, Well, this uh, freak show that she belonged to. Coney Barrett. What is it called? People of Praise. How many peoples of praise? How many? Let me see. How many? I think I, because I think I saw something about this. How many people are, <laughs> are in the People of Praise? Huh. Let's see. People of Praise. It has 22 branches in the United States, Car Canada, and the Caribbean. With approximately... Oh my god, wait. <laughs> 1,700 members! 1,700 members? Out of, out of 1.2 billion Catholics, this people of praise attracted one point, wait, 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 not one, not 1.7 million or 17,000, 1,700. I mean, really, there were more people than what, that watched this show on a weekly basis. Maybe a daily basis, actually. Then they do, uh, then they're people of praise. And I'm sick of listening to Republicans talk about how, oh, um, stop attacking people of faith. What faith? Stop attacking humans, Republicans, people of faith. So we all have to buy into whatever obscure, uh, maniacal, cult, archaic cult that any one of these people 
um, because you believe, okay, you, wow, you believe in a sky spook and handmaidens and heads. I'm sorry. I don't get with that. Oh, stop attacking people of faith. Well, does your faith um, trump, <laughs> for lack of a better word, my reality? Oh, does it trump the Constitution? Of course. In their view, it's the same thing. They, these are ideologues. You know how you know? They're, <laughs> that's who the Republicans are. They are ideologues. Because no matter what problem is presented to them, regardless of what works, you know, works, please. Everything is another opportunity to dismantle democracy a little bit more. Kick down on the people a little bit more. Keep you down. That's how you know. Even with, um, what was it? Uh, any Anything that they do, take any any piece of legislation, even with... When Obama took office, well, first I don't know. Let me. Look, I'll go back to this in a second. When Obama took office, and there, because on the verge of the second Republican Great Depression in a hundred years, and so we had the the bailout, right? The what is what was it called? What was the bailout bill called? Reinvestment and Recovery Act. Recovery bill, Obama, and become a patron at patreon.com. While I, t that's what I should do. While I type, I should just be like, please become a patron. At yeah, just to pass the time. At patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And no, we didn't get any new patrons. That's why. And I said I wasn't going to do a show unless we got a patron, but oh well. You got to be flexible in life. I figured, let me do a show. Let me, I said, Tara, let, let me figure something here. Let me have a conversation with you, Tara. Even though I never call myself. I don't talk in the third person. I just said, Tara, you know what? I said, what, Tara? I said, let's do a show. All right, let's do it. Fuck it. Oh, I didn't mean to curse. <laughs> you got Ray. We got Ray in the other room. So I'm not going to do a long show. Because we got little old Ray. And for those who are not, who are maybe new to the show, Ray is a cat. And he was rescued from the streets. And now, what's, uh, yeah, seven days. This is his eighth day in human care. And I decided to keep him on about day three. He's about six months old. I told you guys that that's what the doctor thinks. And he's the sweetest, cutest, babiest little baby. I, I mean, I can't even believe it. That's what shows me love. Honestly. Love. There is love in the world. And, you know, uh... He, I don't know what he's been through. He's been on the street his whole life. And I knew he was out there because we were trying to get him. I knew when he was born. Well, I didn't know the day he was born, but he, we started seeing a little 
kitten and we were trying to get him. And then I stopped seeing him. I hadn't seen him in a while and I thought either he died or somebody picked him up. That happens too. You would hope, right? Like somebody walking by, some normal people like us with hearts, compassion, souls. They see a, a little kitten and they're like, oh, I got to help this. So you're hoping that some kind-hearted person took the kitten home. But he showed up last Sunday on my father's birthday while I was feeding the community cat. And to make a long story short, we I had to get my friend from the New York City feral cat to come and um, help trap him. But he was he was starving and he was so thin, not doing well out there. So he was having a hard time. But the point of the story, I'm only filling people in who don't, you know, because when I say Ray, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Um He's so sweet, and it's hard to believe that, you know, he, he's got that heart. And it reminds me, okay, so you guys know about Francis. So when I adopted Francis Jr. Jr., he was a demon. Uh, he was little, a lot younger than, than Ray, but he was... He, you couldn't touch him. He was, he attacked me. He bit my nose. He scratched my face. I actually took him to my vet, my, my regular vet. I adopted him from North Shore Animal League, which is a shelter we have here in New York. And, but I took him to my own vet because I was, I wanted him to assess him to see if he was something wrong with him. Cause why was he so aggressive? And anyway, Long story short, he was in pain. He had to have an operation. They, uh, for those who don't know, I guess I'll tell you the whole story. He, he couldn't pee. All right, I know, I know. So, what? Ha I came home from work one day, and he was sitting in the litter box. There was no pee, so all day he hadn't gone to the bathroom, which is not normal. So I, I t rushed him to the uh, to the North Shore Hospital, and they had to, they couldn't even pass a catheter. Anyway, they make a long story short, he was mutilated. So they ended up having to completely castrate him. And I, uh, I, I mean, that's, it's just terrible, terrible story that he had to go through this. He was in the hospital for 10 weeks. It was really, um, you know, he may not have, ha have survived. But thankfully, this is, I'm getting to the point, okay. When I get down on, on humans, which is approximately every 15 minutes for the past 40 years, I, I, th I think of this, I think of Francis, and I think of us, right? Because, you know, we got that one-third, that minority, that tyranny of the minority, the Mitch McConnells of the world, the Donald Trump Juniors of the world, the, the Ivanka Trumps, the friggin' Twitler himself, all of that. But we are, there are more of us. And I think about Francis, okay? They, they, he went, he had to go into the hospital to have this operation, and he was only 
about 11 weeks old. So it was a rare thing that they had to do. And they called in the chief of surgery for Animal Medical Center in New York City, which is a big hospital. And the um, veterinary um, students came to watch this operation and they uh, they saved his life. And I remember calling up after the, you know that day asking, okay, I want to, you know, how's Francis? And they said if they had, if they opened him up and he was on, and they couldn't save him, they were just not going to wake him up. And so when I called and she said, hold on, I was like, uh oh. Uh, and then she came back and she was like, he's resting comfortably. And I just like burst out crying. So the point is, when I think about how horrible people are, I, I think about the, Francis. And how all of those people, you know, got together in the hospital. This chief of veterinary surgery, 40 years experience in surgery, and all the students that gathered around, and all of the effort. You know, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm just I'm warning you. This is why I'm stopping. All of the effort. Where's my tissues? I usually keep tissues right here. All right, I'm calming down. All of the effort to save the life of a kitten. And that means that's the kind of compassion that human beings are capable of. Because what would have mattered? Right? Look. Ugh. You know, one kitten. That's it. The world would have still, the world will still turn. No one would know. But all of that, uh, it matters. That heart, that compassion, it matters. And that's what we're capable of as people. And I believe that, you know, that's what we, we do. Yes, I, I beat up on the Republicans. Yeah, I beat them up. Do I beat them? No, I'll tell the truth about them. Because we're trying to cultivate the best aspects of the human condition. And anything that goes against that is, is against uh, life itself, really. So that's why they make me sick. Because they make us all sick. And the other thing I'll say about Francis is that he was, speak, you know, with his... Um, anger issues let's say and now he's the sweetest and really friendly he's really more friendly than tara jr jr even though you'll be more he'll, tara jr jr is friendly when you know him but francis is funny when people come over he they call him the mayor because he, he goes over and he says hello to everybody and he hangs out. He's not afraid. Bell rings. Somebody comes up, delivery guy or whatever. He just, he meets him at the door. You know what I mean? He's like very people oriented and curious, but also very loving when he was a monster. And the only and and he turned around because I 
basically just love bombed his ass when he was acting like a monster. And uh, yeah, and it that showed me that love, you know, love is really a really a healer and trust as well. So that's what I learned from my cats. And animals in general, they teach me so much. Are they as hard as it is to say goodbye when you... I've had animals that... Yeah, I love all my animals, but unfortunately, they don't have a, a long lifespan. Long, as long as ours, I wish, I wish they did. But they also teach me. This is how I put it in perspective, that they... Uh, you know, everything is on loan. Uh, even our own lives. We're only here for a little bit. And we do have an op... We, d we have not just uh, an opportunity. We have the obligation to make the world a better place. I believe. I don't know. One day at a time. All right, back to what I was doing. Yes. Let's see. Oh, thank you. Yes, Darth says they were probably liberal doctors. Conservative doctors would have asked Francis if he had any pre-existing conditions. Of course. <laughs> exactly. It's true. They would. Thank you, Lori, for your super chat. And thank you, KT. For your super chat. And thank you, Jim, for your super chat. And Shannon, who says, Thank you, Tara, for doing the show. Thank you for being a voice. Thank you, Shannon. And thank you, Richard W., for your super chat. <laughs> And, of course, Jim, who starts off with the Super Chat again. All right. And I hadn't told that story in a while. For those who are new to the show, I figured I'd let you guys in on the, on the backstory of Francis Jr. Jr. And Ray. Ray has a story, too. But it's all, I don't know. It's all about love, ultimately. I don't know. Then I say to myself, maybe I'm I'm not loving to Republicans. Am I? I don't know. I'm thinking about this right now. Would it be better to love them? Nah. <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> love them? How do you love them? No, you know what? It's sort of like, I'm trying to, you have to uh, tell the truth. When you love somebody, here's where, where I'm coming from. You tell them the truth. Otherwise, how do they change? Other than that, you're enabling them. If, you're, if you don't tell the truth about what they, who they are, what they're doing, how, where their blind spots are, and... Maybe they're reachable, maybe they're not. 
but you still have the obligation to tell the truth. Like the best things people ever did for me when I was in the grips of my addiction is tell me the truth. You know what I mean? Instead of joining in or ignoring it. Joining in by, you know, it's easy to not say anything. It's easy to just, you know, let that, because nobody likes confrontation or whatever. So, but we do have an obligation. If you have, if you're really a friend, if you truly love somebody, you tell them the truth. Okay, gang, let's all truth bomb Tara, Greg says. Like what? What are you going to say? I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm in denial. I don't want to hear it. All right, let's get back to these effers. So everybody, you know that. Oh, and Tara Jr. Jr., you want to know his backstory? I adopted, oh, my God, Tara Jr. Jr., one of the worst years of my life. My mother died, and this was in 2010. And then exactly three months later to the day, my father died. And that sucked. And then three months later, not exactly to the day, but three months later, my cat, Tara Jr., the first, died. And he was a great cat. Uh, uh, such a, another beautiful, kind heart. And just a good boy, a good little boy. And he died. And I, well, he had kidney disease, so I remember waking up on a Saturday after I had to put Tara Jr. Jr., I mean, Tara Jr., God forbid, knock on, <laughs> not for a long time, uh, when I had to put Tara Jr. to sleep, I woke up on a Saturday, that it was a Friday, and I woke up on Saturday feeling horrible grief like a a weight on my chest and I said fuck this I'm sick of this grief um and I said I'm going to get a kitten ladies and gentlemen so I got in the car and I drove to North Shore Animal League and I walked in there and I just went straight over. I went to one cage. And this little orange kitten was playing. And I i don't know how. I, mean, I guess I told the lady I'd like to see this. And he opened the cage. And Tara Jr. Jr. crawled up my arm and started licking my face. I'm not kidding. And I said, that's it. He's mine. And that's Tara Jr. Jr. He, and he was the cutest. So, and I brought him home, and I remember laying in my bed. I was so tired from everything, from life, exhausted from life. And he was probably so excited about being out of his cage, out of the little cage. And he had the, he had the run of the place. He was, like, running, jumping on the bed, running over me, jumping on the floor, running over me. Like, it kept <laughs> running in circles. And... I was exhausted, but I was lay. I remember laying in bed crying <laughs> while this little kitten was like running. I was like, <laughs> so 
But yeah, I just wanted some a little ball of life and energy instead of this grief. And he's been my my good good friend ever since. My best bestest one of my best friends. <laughs> They're all great. All right. I am a cat lady. I'm a animal lady. If I had enough money, I would have a big house with animals. That's it. And people. Only people who like animals. I would rescue animals. And we would have a show, but we would have the... Wouldn't that be great? We could have a show and a rescue. The same thing. Like the Terror Buster Rescue something, something, something. I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. Wouldn't that be great? Like the like like the farm sanctuary, which is a great place. I've never been there, but I support the farm sanctuary. I want to go there and visit it where they save farm animals and all animals, all kinds. Of, I would do that. All kinds of animals. Cats, dogs birds I don't know what else they got what what other kind of animals cows goats pigs <laughs> no republicans all right Ugh, trump and z's no uh-uh nope 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 all right let's get back to these efforts how did i get on this because i think i said oh yes ray I can't do a long show because of Ray. I want to go hang out with Ray. Because they're still separate. So. When I'm out here raising there. He's good. He's a good boy. He's so cute. It's weird. It's just weird how friendly he is. How does he be so friendly? Being on the street. Strange. All right, here's, let's continue with the freaking Mitch McConnell, the grave digger of American democracy. I said he wanted to appoint judges who had empathy. Well, oh, God. You know, that makes great sense. Oh, shit. Uh, I love how he's mocking empathy now. I'm just rewinding it a little bit. A judiciary more inclined not to make it up on the fly. You know, President oh, yeah. Obama said he wanted to appoint judges who had empathy. Yeah. Well, you know, that makes great sense. If you're the litigant before the judge, for whom the judge has empathy. What are you fucking talking about? They could twist anything. What do you? It's great that. Oh, it's great if you have empathy. If you have empathy, you have empathy. It's not like you say I don't have empathy for this one. I just have empathy for that one. Having empathy means you have empathy. You're a human being. You're not a sociopath. That's why I'm not surprised you don't get it. Mitch McConnell, Moscow Mitch. Oh, my God. When is it his turn? You know, what's going on with you, coronavirus? Why have you let me down? Coronavirus, for one second, I was hopeful again. Now we have nothing but these super spreader rallies and Twitler using his platform to kill more people, but keep it to the keep it to their own little Trump and Z Nuremberg rally group, please. These freaks—they're sitting in the Judiciary Committee, shedding the coronavirus all over the goddamn place. 
Oh my God, my God. What do you think future generations are going to look back and say? Are they going to look back and say that, oh, look at these great heroes of the Republic? Mitch McConnell, thank goodness he obstructed the will of the majority again and again and again. It's going to be, no, no, they will not look back in awe and accolade and, and, uh, and admiration. What they will do is eviscerate him. And all of them, just like the normal people of Earth do now, like historian Christopher Browning. Well, don't listen to the lessons of history. But, you know, it's not just coming from the liberals. You know, I know we're all supposed to say, oh, liberals, liberals. Yeah, And I reiterate, the reason they think that, the reason they, they push this, um, this bullshit that, oh, well, it's not true because liberals are saying it because, you know, liberal agenda is because they have an agenda. They are projecting their own their own manias on normal people. It's because they will destroy democracy. They're cheating. You know, they're so worried about liberals cheating in the election. Liberals aren't cheating in the election. That's not what liberals do. The reason they the Republicans are all, oh, it's go- it makes sense. It's logic, like Bill Barr says, that they would use mail-in voting to cheat. That's because they use mail-in voting to cheat. And we'll get to that. It's because they're cheaters. They're projecting their own failings onto others. They know what they are capable of. Oh, they're abstract. Oh, it's because they want power. That's what Twitler says and, and Lindsey Graham. Oh, you've come to the wrong town, brother, if you're looking for justice. In the Kavanaugh hearings. Oh, brother, you've come to the wrong town. And that's because they're full of shit. They know, especially when it comes to Kavanaugh and the rest of them, all of them, they know how full of shit they are. How could they look at themselves in the mirror when Lindsey Graham's like, oh, uh, use this tape. And now it's like, well, you know, I, I changed my mind after the Kavanaugh hearings and the way they traded him. It was so, it was so un, un, uh, matronly like or, or manliness or something. I don't know. I got the vapors from it. It was like my bustier was, uh, was on too tight. Uh, my, uh, I, I mean, I was, uh, it's not a very southern way to treat. There's not southern, there was no southern hospitality the way they treated him. The way they treated him by telling the truth about him. And then he gets to go in there and friggin' snivel and cry and bang the table. White privilege. White privilege. Oh, oh it's not white privilege. Well, show me. Get the tape 
of anybody, any woman or man of not white pigment behaving like that and the Republicans posting pictures of them next to, you know, cheek to cheek on their Twitter page and uh, decrying how foul and unfair it was. No, that's not unfair when uh, cops step on someone's neck or execute someone in the street for selling Lucy cigarettes. Now here in the United States of serfs and lords, that's a capital offense carried out instantaneously by a mobile execution squad in blue. You know, because of freedom and all. Republicans, they're all about freedom. And the Constitution. Do you see how, how anathema they are to the Constitution? The Constitution? They, they wipe their asses with the Constitution every single day. They do it piece by piece. That's why they stink. They don't even use the whole thing. They, are, they just do it. They rip it up as necessary. They're so full of shit. I, well, I might be able to handle them. I might be able to deal with them if they weren't such hypocrites. If it was, if they really were constitutionalists, let's say, whatever that means. Uh, if they followed the law, if they got as outraged as normal people are and were when, when cops killed somebody on the street, choked him out for selling Lucy cigarettes. If they were outraged at that because they're constitutionalists and they think, you know, it's not freedom. If cops can walk around and kill people, you know, uh, then it, we're not free. That's not the Constitution. The cops, the job of the police is to arrest you and give you your day in court. That is the, that's the foundation of a free democratic society. All that shit back, you know, when, I mean, the king could just sit down the hit squad. There's no, there's no court. You don't have, there's no laws. That's all the stuff that uh, we supposedly rebelled to, to overthrow. So... When they're, if they were only consistent. But it's always the same, fixing the facts around the policy. Now it's like, oh, they were so mean. Well, does the Constitution say it shall be followed or it shall be disregarded if somebody is mean? If the, uh, if the other person is mean, then use as... Uh, you know, if as, at will or not. They're so full of shit. It's the same thing like with their, with their so-called pro-life. If they were, if only they were. If only they were pro, anti-abortion. They're not anti-abortion. If only... We wouldn't we would wouldn't be dealing with this shit with this this freak, Amy Coney Barrett, 
pretending to be so aggrieved. As a person of faith. Oh, they're picking on me again. They're, everybody's picking on people of faith. People of faith. Give me a break. Guess what? You're picking on me. With your bullshit. You've been picking on me my whole life. Having to sit there in your freaked, freaked out, hellish, I don't know, interpretation of this sky spook who you pretend to worship, telling me that I'm not a full human being. I don't deserve the full protections of uh, uh, of the law. I don't, I can't partake in certain aspects of the social contract because your sky spook said it. Said something. Said not. Well, your Jesus said nothing about gays. Not a thing. They're so full of shit. I can't handle it. That's why. If only they were all about your faith. Your faith? What are you, faith? Get the F out of here. You're not a person of faith. You're a freak. Get the get lost. Go pray in your closet. Oh, they're mocking me. They're mocking Christians. How do the Christians stand it? I want to know. They're only 80. How many? I think it's even more. 80%? Over 80%. Of the population. How many? Many Americans are Christian. Let me see. Christianity is the most adhered to religion in the United States. A 2014 survey, 70.6% of adults identified as Christian, down from 75%. Oh, my God, it's an attack. Wow, that's in 2014. Down from, oh, wow, 85% in 1990 to um, 81% in 2001. Well, it's going down because you know why? Because people are sick of your shit. That's why. It's sort of like in Ireland when the mass graves started popping up of the... Uh, the Magdalene sisters who ran the laundries uh, for the fallen women and then the mass graves started popping up and the Irish people were like, you know what, maybe uh, we're too much, we give too much power to this Catholic church since they got mass graves all, all over the place. We're not quite into that anymore. So, uh, I don't know, but they're all I, still 70%. It's over 70% of the population. Oh, my God. How do you handle it? How do you handle it being so oppressed? Oh, God, help me. Not so good if you aren't. Oh, Let's talk about yes, because you're a real humanitarian. Right, Mitch McConnell? Yeah, it's good if you got empathy, but what if you don't have empathy for one guy and you only got empathy for the other guy? What kind of shit is that? What kind of shit excuse? Uh, uh, well, 
it doesn't surprise me Moscow Mitch doesn't have a grasp on how empathy works. It's it applies to if you have empathy, you have empathy. You know what he was saying? He doesn't want a sociopath like yeah, like your standard bearer and all of your benefactors and your Chinese spy wife and Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity's not. He is probably not a sociopath. I don't know. He's just stupid and has no morals, ethics, honor like the rest of them. Oh, don't worry. He's uh, he don't need them because he's got money. That's all that matters, right? That's the American way. Money isn't that what the founder said? E pluribusunum, out of many. Uh, well, no, not really. Out of many, one. It's sort of like uh, the the many for the one. It was come up. Let's say somebody were to retire at oh. the end of, of this year, uh, leading into the summer, you have been very clear if the president appointed somebody, you would follow through on that nomination. Absolutely. Oh, we definitely oh, oh. do that. And this paperback that we were just talking about, this paperback. the president's foreword Shut is about judges. My afterword. Give me a break. The president, the so-called president, wrote a foreword? Give me an effing break. I want to see the proof. Give me it. I want to see the video of him sitting at the typewriter, banging it out, his prose. I've only gotten to see his tweets. He doesn't seem like any kind of uh, prolific and deep poet. I'd like to see. The president's forward, like he wrote a forward. How could you, are you kidding me? Police. They think we're stupid. Of course we are. And you know what? I have to tell you, um, the Democrats who get on my nerves for many reasons, the other reason is, how come that... Why wouldn't they say something like, please, he wrote a forward? Come on. He can't even write a sentence. He wrote a forward? Have you read his tweets? He didn't write shit. Show us the... Oh, I'm outraged that the the Democrats are saying that the president's incapable of writing a forward. Well, what do you expect? He didn't write his, any of his books. We know we have Tony Schwartz here telling us. He didn't write any books. Did he, Tony? No, nope, not at all. He didn't write his bestseller. Bestseller, Art of the Deal. Art of the Deal. Everything is shit. Everything is bullshit. Maybe that's why I do this show. Because I'm sick of the bullshit. Hopefully, oh my God, aren't you sick of it? Listening to this shit, this bullshit, this kind of, even this, even this little, oh, the president's forward. He didn't write a forward, an afterward, or an in-between. 
Jesus Christ. I'm reading the president's forward. It's quite fascinating. He didn't write a goddamn sentence. I'm tired of the bullshit. Up what's happened during the Trump administration on judges because my memoir came uh, out three years ago. My memoir before the president was of elected. my wonderful life, my beautiful life. It wasn't three ghosts visiting me in the night. I told those ghosts to fuck off. I'm making some money. I'm making bank and bitch. I don't care who I'm selling out and what I'm selling out. I said, ghosts, they, they tried to get me in the middle of the night. I said, fuck off, ghosts. I'm getting paid. They tried. They tried to wake me up and show me what life would be like without me. And I said, fuck off. I don't care. Mr. Scrooge, I'm the, I am Mr. Scrooge. I'm the party of Scrooge. Where are, will the Scrooges go? They don't have a party. So I said, we're going to make the Republican Party the party of Mr. Scrooge. I mean, everybody feels for Tiny Tim. But what about Scrooge? He's a job creator. He's a, he's, he doesn't uh, pay any taxes. But what do you expect? He has to employ all of those losers with a son that has a broken leg and hobbled. What kind of a worker is that? Is going to be a burden on the state? I mean, Christmas, I, he asked for Christmas off. And I was like, that's just not American. We're driven here in America. Haven't they been watching Morning Joe? Where he says, Morning Joe, who's on vacation every other week, Joe Scarborough, tells us that we're driven like borrowed mules. But <laughs> better luck next life, sucker, I said. I'm Scrooge. We're the party of Scrooge. How do you, who's going to represent Scrooge? You got to have empathy. You got to have empathy for Tiny Tim. I'm sure it's very, uh, it's easy to have empathy for Tiny Tim. What about Scrooge? It's hard. That's why you know the Republican heart is like, uh, it, it's big and it encompasses everyone. We, we let them have the losers and the cripples. And the, the ones who want to lounge around on Christmas instead of making things and being a maker, being driven. Like Joe Scarborough says when he's on vacation every other week. Except you don't get vacation because you're driven. Who's going to think of Scrooge? It's easy. It's easy to like to care about Tiny Tim acting all cripple. But nobody thinks about the job creator. So when those ghosts came to me, I, I, I flipped the script on them. I said, you, 
you go fuck off to a, a Democrat party convention or something. I, we're here to get bank, bitch. I'll see you in hell. I don't care. I'll be in good company. My, my, my wonderful, well, many people are there now. Roger Ailes is there and, uh, Breitbart, Andrew Breitbart is keeping it warm for me. He's keeping it all, hell, he's, he's stoking the fires of hell. It's all right. I like warm temperatures. I am a turtle after all. No offense to turtles. What we've done here, the president and I together with this paperback uh, that you've shown on the screen. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. This could be the whole show. I can't let, I can't, well, I cannot let him go with one sentence. I, I want to choke. Talk about how the judge project the Judge about, Project. How it went forward. If you were going to recall, Sean. The Judge Project? It, what was the Judge Project? Trump and Twitler and, and Moscow Mitch got together and they came up with the Judge Project? They came up with the coup against democracy. The Judge Project? They cannot get rid of Obamacare through the through the legislative process the court is not supposed to be the goddamn kings of the country so they can't get rid of obamacare through elections so they got to get rid of it through the courts and when the majority of the american people are like fuck off and he's telling us this is the judge project. You guess what? This is the judge project to overthrow a democracy. That's what they're doing. And another thing that the Democrats need to remind, I know they don't want to do this because they're fucking liver, lily-livered, weak-kneed. But I want to remind you, Democrats, that the American people... They don't want bipartisanship. It's not about bipartisanship. Nobody sends you to your office to represent them so you can be bipartisan. Oh, you worked with the Republicans in sending us to an illegal war based on lies. Great! No, they send representatives... To, to government, wherever, to Congress, to the Senate, to effing work, to get things done. Not just get it done bipartisan. It's not about bipartisan. They send you there so you could effing make this shit run, make it fair. Jesus Christ, nobody's like, oh, great, um, they're bipartisan. Feff that shit, bipartisan, my ass. They're not bipartisan. It doesn't even matter, though. Bipartisan? Holy Christ, bipartisan, Get we're getting screwed bipartisanly, that's for sure. When they go bipartisan, we get screwed. 
You know that when they're working to, I can get like Amy Klobuchar, I could get things done. Well, you better know that you're getting screwed when they're when she's getting things done with the Republicans. We're getting screwed. The American people are losing because, like I was saying, with oh yeah, this is why I brought it up with the uh the reinvestment, the American whatever the f reinvestment act. After Obama took office. Um, you know why we, we had things, let me see, hold on, hold on. Where is it? The something, something, American something, Obama, uh, reinvest, where was it? American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009 nicknamed the Recovery Act, was a stimulus package enacted by the 111th Congress, signed into law by Obama, blah, blah, blah. The approximate cost of the economic stimulus package was around estimated to be $787 billion, later raised to $831 billion. Anyway, it was the ARRA's rationale was based on Keynesian econ- economic theory. It's not a theory. Because it's the truth. Theory? Put it in action. Every time the Republican economic agenda is shoved on the American people, there is decline. There's there's depression. And what happens? We got to come back in and fix it. With Keynesian economic... It's not economic theory. Keynesian economics, building from the bottom up. So, but you know what happened with the Keynesian, you know, we had this reinvestment, uh, Recovery and Reinvestment Act. Um, the Democrats always have to give the Republican, you know, got to be bipartisan. So let's put in some bullshit tax cuts that do nothing. That only exacerbate the problem. But it makes the Republicans feel good because they're ideologues. You know, uh, you know who ide- what ideologues are? Cultists. Ideologues who sign pledges to never raise taxes. That's what they do. They don't say, oh, these are the ones with the pocket constitutions, right? They, but they're all about signing pledges to Grover Norquist and other uh, outside entities to never raise taxes. How do you sign a pledge that you will cut yourself off at the knees? Sign a pledge. I pledge to screw you, the, me, you, the American people, no matter what, forever and ever, amen, to have a non-functioning government oh well those are your money how could you it's taxes are your money well who the f okay i i can't believe i have to explain this to right wingers but i have to because they are they're um brainwashed by corporate by, by the fascist propaganda channel that they watch Fox News, now OANN, and every other disgusting cesspool on the web. 
but taxes are the admission price to a civilization. Okay? Every, every road you've ridden on, every time you drink your morning tea and you don't have diarrhea after because you didn't get a parasite or you ate food that is free from disease and parasite. Ultimate, well, now it's not, thanks to Twitler. We'll get, you know, we talk about that. Look it up. Look, Google pigs and uh, feces, or, well, meat packing industry and feces. Google that. And uh, then try not to puke. So, um, that's, uh, every time that, they they talk about not raising taxes. They're not talking about you. They're talking about the rich getting richer. And how do I know? Look at the effing reality, you stupid Stockholm Syndrome suffering dupes. Not you guys, the Republicans, of course. The Republicans, the idiots. The ones who are standing in Twitler's Nuremberg rally right now without a mask. Because when they get coronavirus, they're not going to have access to Trump's, to we the people's, uh, the, the socialized medicine that saved the ass of a con man. They're not going to have any access to that. Don't worry about it. So when they get it, they're going to have to choke and die. And maybe, oh, maybe they'll live. They'll, but they're not going to be immune. There is no immunity. It's like, you, it, did you ever get the flu? Does that mean you can't get the flu again? It's like that, morons. How about the cold? You ever get the cold? You get a cold. Oh, I got a cold. I get a cold every year this time. It's sort of like that. You're not immune. It's a virus. Holy Christ, I can't handle them. So when you don't pay your taxes, what they're, what they're saying, that's not about you don't pay your taxes. It's that the rich, they have screwed the American people over. They have effed up the progressive taxation system, which used to be, which FDR said, was the only American way, progressive taxation, the rich pay more at the top. It doesn't mean they're not rich. It's just that they use more of uh, the resources of our civilization. So they have a larger uh, nut to pay. And it's also how we keep civilization going and a democratic republic um, functioning. Because you can't have concentrated wealth and democracy at the same time. Well, well, didn't um, Margaret Thatcher say sooner or later you're going to run out of other people's money? Well, they make really good bumper stickers, but that's not how you run a civilization, unfortunately. I know how Republicans are. They like to get their history lessons from memes you know, they, they, I always get these, uh, these Republicans, they'll send me pictures of Lincoln with some spurious quote on it. And all I got to do is look it up, 
or, or Thomas Jefferson with a quote. And you, all you do is take two seconds on the internet, look it up. That's not a real quote. But they think it's real. And then they think, so then when they're in an argument or they're talking with, the, well, they don't, they, they, they don't argue they're, because they are in a cult. So they're, they're just, uh, um, it's like a circle jerk loop of idiocy that bounces back and forth and back and forth. So when, they'll just be like, oh, yeah, and Thomas Jefferson said blah, 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 something stupid, just like Twitler said. And yeah, I know. And then when Lincoln said, and then, oh yeah, did you know that Democrats, the Democrats, Lincoln freed the slave, that's a Republican. And the Democrats were were all about uh, slaves at the time. They liked the slave. They wanted to keep slaves. And they were called Democrats. Yes, yes, because, you know, if you call something, yeah, I'll give you a big bowl of... Uh, raise uh, <laughs> what Ray leaves for me in the litter box and I'll call it chocolate ice cream because I guess it doesn't matter what's in it. It's just what it's called, right? Okay, whatever. But this is what we're up against. The, the propaganda, the justification, the stupidity, the, 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 the constant outrage, the aggrievement of the powerful. It, it, it's so tedious, isn't it? They're so put upon, aren't they, by democracy. They don't like it. They don't like when the little guys tell them what to do or how they like to be treated or, you know, please play nice with the plebs. So they wrap it up in a nice little bow for the dum-dums to swallow. And well, the only consolation, let me see, Fox News demographic. You know, Fox News. Let's see. How old is the average Fox News viewer? In 2019, everyone who follows the media or watches TV knows Fox News is the most watched cable news network. If there's a week, when, blah, 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 whatever, who cares? This is all the, pre, the preamble. The median age of a Fox News viewer is... Oh, hello. We were talking about you earlier. You want to come up and say hello? Are you coming up? Come on. Come. Get up here. Come. Come on. All right, don't. He's going to jump on me, and I'm going to be startled. Come on. Tara. Come on. Get up. Get up. Jesus Christ. Is that too hard? Ladies and gentlemen, Tara Jr. Jr. <laughs> look at him for a second let's listen to him wait i know do you hear him
<laughs> this is a nice, relaxing. He's a purr machine. He's a purr machine. And I don't purr for nobody but you. Mm, mm, mm. I'm just a purr machine. <laughs> you hear him? I'm just a purr machine. And I don't purr for nobody but you. I'm just a purr machine. Wrong. Wait, wait, wait. Purr machine. I'm a purr machine. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> what was I saying? How old is the f average Fox News viewer? The median age of Fox News viewers is 65. Okay. Holy moly, that's kind of old. Or, I mean, it's not old. It's all relative, but I mean for that audience. So, whatever. That's why, I guess, it's part of why... What do the right-wing, the young right-wing fascists, well, that's redundant. What do the young fascists watch? OAN, is that it? They're really off the rails. They're the ones who are on, like, 4chan and whatnot. All right, let's keep going with this. The most important decision I've made in my entire political career was not to fill the Supreme Court vacancy when Justice Scalia passed bitch. away. That was the beginning. And now we've got an exclamation point here after three years that we thought the public would be interested in reading about. And that's why the president and I collaborated on this paperback. Oh. So I was shocked that uh, former President Obama left so many vacancies oh. and didn't try you to fill those of positions. Bitch. I'll Senator tell you why. I'll tell you why. I was in yes, charge of the... Uh, of what we did the last two years of the Obama administration. I give, I, and I will give you full credit for that. And by the way, take a bow. All right, that was a good line. I'll give you full credit for that. And of what we did the last two years of the Obama administration. I give, and I will give you full credit for that. And by the way, take a bow. All right, that was a good. Take a bow, grave digger of American democracy. Take a bow, you son of a bitch. Isn't that great? You would think if they really were constitutionalists and they love the America, that they would want to win legitimately. Yeah, of course not, though, because they don't want a democracy, a pesky people, to get in the way. They're not... Um, they're not good at business. They're not deal makers or anything like that. That's why they have to rig the game in their favor. Now, and they're full of shit, all of them. Now, here's your uh, Amy Coney Barrett. All right, Junior. You don't like be sitting like a baby? I know. Look how big he is. I gotta, I gotta make him lose weight. You're, look at this, look, this is all fat. He's, he doesn't mind. He's secure. 
All right, here's Amy Coney Barrett. Give me that back. What she said in 2016. Kennedy is a moderate Republican, and he replaced a moderate Republican. How dare you? Um, we're talking about Justice Scalia, you know, the staunchest conservative on the court, and we're talking about him Ugh, being replaced by someone who eyes. could dramatically flip the uh, balance dramatically of power. Dramatically flip. They love these women who who really, um, you know, pine for that patriarchal pat on the head. Yeah, she can really flip it. And also, it's not um, the Senate or something. Not allowed. They're not in the control. Senate controls in the different party hand, or the moon is in the seventh house, or something, or someone is mean when you're asking a question. Someone's mean. Her voice. I know that's not my voice, Junior. Oh God, these people are unbearable. I'll move. Um, you know, and, and finally, we, the reality is we live in a different time. Confer yeah, they do. We live in a whole different time. What time? Yeah, we, the time you want to drag us back to that time? We live in a different time. No thanks to you. So we'd like to stay in the future, you know, in the, at least in the present. We don't want to go back to the dark ages where you want to go because of your... Because you, you're a handmaid? You're a part of some cult? Take your cult and go in the closet and pray. Stop shoving your cult ideology on the American people. The majority of the American people don't want your bullshit that you're peddling. Mitch Moscow Mitch, Twitler, Amy Coney Barrett, Kevin Nope. You Gorsuch, you, you, you goddamn fascists without honor. They have no honor. And why doesn't the Democrats, please, Democrats, listen to me for once in your, in your lives. And maybe you'll win. The American people don't want mealy mouth little whiners. Like Cory Booker going, oh, we're going to, uh. We really um, want, we, we will appeal to the decency of the Republicans. Uh, uh, uh. What? Appeal to the decency. Nobody cares about your appeals to the decency they, of, 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 of something that doesn't exist. It's like we're all in this demon-haunted world of things that don't exist. Including Amy Barrett's whatever. Her faith. She's got faith. Forget about facts. She's got faith that what? The earth was made in seven days? Well, now they say that seven days, that um, means that, you know, a day... To the God, a man sitting on a cloud who is creating the universe, that, that's like millions of years. Come on. How, how long do we have to live in, in a world that is haunted 
by an ancient book of fables? All of these ancient books of fables. How come? I, I told you that story when I was in um, grad school and I took a course on mythology. And we went through all kinds of myths. And, you know, J Joseph Campbell's uh, Hero with a Thousand Faces. Fascinating, interesting, and curiously, cultures, all many human cultures around the world that didn't even have contact with each other share similar myth. So virgin birth is a big one. Another one is um, babies, king or princes being scurried away and put in a basket and being found down the river. That's another one that is all over in many different myth myths. So why is it not true when it comes from what? The Hindus or it comes from different different cult the Mayan culture. But it's true when it's your faith. And when I was in this class, I remember we were going through different myths and that the virgin birth myth that is ancient. It is prehistoric. It, well, I guess we don't really know. We couldn't know. It was prehistoric because there's no history. There was no recorded history. It's as old as recorded history. We can only assume. So um, why is it a myth? And then when we got to the, when the teacher said something about Jesus, the virgin birth, correlating mythology saying it was a myth that it shares with many other myths and cultures that cultures that didn't even have contact with each other over thousands of years the uh the christians in the class were pissed some of them even i remember now that i'm trying to think i remember one guy sitting there like bristling and I I want to say one of them walked out, but I'm not sure now that I'm thinking about it. But, yeah, this is what we got to deal with. Oh, not your virgin birth. You're the one. That's the one that's real. The rest of them are myth. And hearings have gotten far more contentious. Yes. So I just don't think we live in Can the same kind it? of time. So I think in some, so contentious. the president has the power to nominate and the Senate has the power to act or not. And I don't think either one of them can claim that there's a rule governing one way or the other. Yeah. So wait till they get to me. You know, it's, this is, we're talking about Scalia's seat. And it will make, um, the conservative bench, it's a conservative seat. And now it'll be not conservative. So where's her outrage now? We're talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat. A woman who was on the right side of history. Not a freak like Scalia. And you, Amy Coney Barrett? My God. Holy Christ. You know what's the stupidest thing? I mean, besides everything that Republicans do? Uh, wh what is this originalism? 
That's another thing that I can't stand with them. They have their pocket constitutions, and they're talking about originalism. Yet again, it is the Republicans because they have they got nothing to stand on. So they have to wrap their their bullshit in legitimacy by giving it a frame. Originalism? There's nothing stupider than that. The Constitution is a living document. What do you, what is originalism? It is nothing but them I, I we're supposed to live in uh the founders world where they lived oh whatever they thought what how they perceive I, I it's so ridiculous here let me see i'm not a lawyer i wish i should have been a lawyer you know what i mean don't you ever think wish i was a lawyer if i wasn't a junkie i would have been a lawyer uh, let me see. Where is it? Originalism. The stupidest thing you will ever hear. Well, uh, here's an article. This is the one I wanted. From The Atlantic by Garrett Epps. Constitutional myth number one. The right is originalist. Everyone else is idiotic. Let me see originalism in a 2006 speech in Puerto Rico Antonin Scalia explained why conservatives are the only ones who actually believe in the constitution progressives he said believe in the argument of flexibility here they go again fixing the facts around the policy sort of like what Moscow Mitch said you know, it's great having empathy, but what do you, if you have empathy for one, how can you have empathy for the other? You can't. It's just impossible. I mean, what is empathy anyway? I've never had it. It must be a terrible thing. It, it hinders you from accumulating another zero on your bank account that you'll never spend. I mean, if I had empathy, I might care that I'm kicking millions of Americans off of health care in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, but who cares? I have health care. My Chinese spy wife has health care. My dim Fuhrer, the uh, tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying, uh, greatest president ever, has health care paid for by we the people. So uh, who needs empathy? When you have, um, you got money. You got it all, baby. Oh, my God. He, progressives, he said, believe in an argument of flexibility, which goes something like this. The Constitution is over 200 years old, and societies change. It has to change with society, a living organism, or it will become brittle and bleak and bre break, 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 break. These are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up, break down. But you will have to be an idiot to believe that. <gasps> oh, Scalia, you're just like Twitter. So off the cuff. It's like an open mic with a madman, maniacal sociopath. <laughs> Let 
my God. But you would have to be a, an idiot. Oh, they must have loved that at the Federalist Society. One side has um, says that the Constitution is a living document, but we <laughs> say you have to be an idiot to believe that. Yeah, after all, what is a... What is it that societies change, that people evolve? You know, we should still be living in caves, according to Scalia and the Republicans. We should never have crawled out of the primordial ooze. That's what they think. <laughs> you have to be an idiot to evolve. You know, women should be in their place. Gays should be in the closet. Men, white men, the way Jesus said, only white men at the pinnacle of power shall accumulate all the money. Didn't, isn't that what Jesus said? He was like, money, 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 money. Money. Money, 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 money. Right? Isn't that what he said? Am I mistaken? I don't know. He what, did, Maybe this... Is this what he said? I don't feel good about turning down money. Because my whole life I've been greedy, greedy, greedy. I've grabbed all the money I could get. I'm so greedy. Is that what Jesus said? It's weird. Where is he? Where is he? Um, or you will have to be an idiot, Scalia says, to believe that the Constitution is a living document. The Constitution is not a living organism. I mean, when we get through with it, when Republicans get through with it, nothing will be a living organism because we're here to choke the goddamn life out of life. Forget the body politic. We're here to... We're going to sneak up behind that bitch and batch it in the head. Look at me. Now I got hair all over me. Money, 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 money. Money. I think it's you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Money, 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 money. Money. This is where it's coming from, right? <laughs> get this. Get it. Gotta clean it up. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. Uh-oh, he doesn't like that. All right, where am I? The idea... Of, okay, where are we? Where are we? The Constitution is not a living organism, you sick bastards, says Scalia. It's a legal document. Okay. Okay, uh, can it be ball? It says something, and it doesn't say other things. If, if Scalia has his way, I guess we would still be... Um... A slave society? A year later, George W. Bush told the Federalist Society, and, well, women couldn't own property or even, well, before Ruth Bader Ginsburg got there, 
uh, got, was put on the Supreme Court, the uh, women couldn't even open a credit card on her own without her husband's approval. You effing bastards. But that's, you know, that's conservatism for you. A year later, George W. Bush told the Federalist Society, advocates of a more active role for judges sometimes talk of a living constitution. In practice, a living constitution means whatever these activists wanted to mean. Now, that's what you are, freak. That's Republicans. A year later, oh, I already read that. The idea of a living constitution used to is useful because it lets right-wingers like Scalia pose as principled advocates and ridicule anyone who disagrees with his narrow ideas as an idiot. It's like what Bill Barr said about voting by mail. Well, do you have any examples of uh, fraud and voting by mail? No, but it... Well, that's my Mitch McConnell voice. It makes... Well, he's more like... I hate his voice. Too. I hate their, all their voices. He's just a monotone... He's the banality of evil personified. No, there's no examples of voter fraud by mail, but it's logical. It makes sense, even though there's not. There's nothing, but it would make sense. It's logical that they would cheat, but there, you know, there's no examples. But yeah. Anything to make the dupes help us in our plot to unravel democracy. Oh, my God. It lets right-wingers like Scalia pose as principled advocates and ridicule anyone who disagrees with his narrow ideas as an idiot. But if one side of the debate gets to define what the other side supposedly believes, it's no big trick to win the argument. The argument is a classic bait-and-switch. It begins with the claim that the Constitution has a definite, fixed meaning— we must apply that meaning and only that meaning or we are changing the Constitution. It's so ridiculous. It's like the same court that said um, those with darker pigment are three-fifths of a human being um, should stay, I guess. That's, a, that's your originalism. But when it turns out that the words themselves aren't clear, then we learn that their meaning isn't what's written in the Constitution. It is actually something else. The words on the page have to be interpreted, and they are to be interpreted in a secret way that only conservatives know because they have looked it up in the big history book. If we do not accept their claims about what the words really mean... We are changing what is written on the page, trying to amend it on the fly. In fact, no hardcore conservative originalist, not even amendments, can change the original meaning of the Constitution. Not long ago, I published an essay. This is um, from the Atlantic, Garrett Epps. Where is it? Where is it? In which I said that the Constitution has become a more democratic uh, has become more democratic and egalitarian since 1787. An indignant reader wrote 
and said that the democratic changes I was writing about had occurred without amendment and were thus illegitimate. I replied that the changes I was writing about were the 13th, 14th, 15th, 17th, 19th, 23rd, and 24th Amendments, which had expanded individual rights, argument, augmented the power of Congress to protect those rights while cutting back on state authority to limit them, made the Senate, popular, made the Senate a popularly elected body, and expanded the right to vote to cover racial minorities, women, young people, and those who can't pay a state poll tax. My correspondent indignantly replied that these amendments hadn't really changed anything. The Constitution was the same as when it was written in the 18th century. Except, he then explained, the framers had it known what they really meant when they wrote it. Our founders were right smack in the middle of transition from mercantilism to capitalism. They still didn't fully grasp that the, cons the, the constraints on trade... What? Fail. If they were alive today, they would agree with him that the Affordable Care Act and indeed all federal economic regulation passed since the New Deal was unconstitutional. I hate these people. I, well, where, where? Oh, my God. I can't stand them. I will call this approach to constitutional interpretation dead constitutionalism, meaning that the meaning of a constitutional phrase can be ascertained by means of a seance in which we ask the dead what they really think. Justice Scalia himself is a proud practitioner of this dark art. It's on display in his concurrence in the 2009 case of Citizens United versus Federal Election Commission, which held that the First Amendment bars any restrictions on independent campaign expenditures by profit-making corporations. Justice John Paul Stevens, in his dissent, had questioned the majority's radical ruling on originalist grounds. Private corporations were relatively new at the time of the framing of the First Amendment, Stevens noted, and many of the framers were profoundly suspicious of the corporate form. Can we say that they intended Chevron to be able to flood the political process with electioneering messages? Scalia brushed this aside in the same huffy tones my correspondent used to dismiss seven constitutional amendments. Oh my God. I'm sure this idiot who was posting on this guy's um, article, I'm sure he's a constitutional scholar. He's a genius. He probably voted for Twitler twice. Well, he will vote again. <sighs> the framers opposed corporations because they were associated with monopoly, Scalia explained. Modern corporations do not have such privileges, bullshit, and would probably have been favored by most of our enterprising founders. Yes, of course. Wow. He would love that. They would all love that. Amazon pays no taxes, you know, or the 16 most profitable corporations in the history of Earth pay no taxes. Right. Won't they love that? Don't they love that? Okay. Trust me, the original meaning is what I say. The founders would say if they were alive today. I know what 
that is because I just spoke with them. Anyone who disagrees with the voices I hear is an idiot. Real Americans have to do what the voices tell me they should do. That's basically the Republican way. The living Constitution label is about as useful as whatever, whatever. Okay, this is going on. I can't read the whole thing. Here, let me just get to the bottom of, at the, of the article. You can read the whole thing at the Atlantic. It's a couple of years old, but as you can tell by Scalia's being in it. God help us all. Scalia. That's your mentor? Amy Coney Barrett's mentor is Scalia. We should, that's it. Tell us all we need to know. Don't worry about it. We get it. But in reaching their conclusions, conservatives rely on the same tools progressives do. Let's see. When Justice Scalia or anyone else in this context describes those who differ with him as idiots, he's not just being rude and vulgar. He's being dishonest. Well, that's all they can do. Yes, it's, uh, of course. Of course, it's common sense that mail-in voting is uh, riddled with fraud, even though we haven't had found any. Same thing. All right. Speaking of, I said I was going to get to it, so I will, even though it's getting late. That's only my fault. That's my fault, guys. Do we even have anybody watching anymore? Okay. Um, like and share the show. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification button. Okay. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. If you like the show. Okay. Who's here? Patricia. Hello. I'm taking attendance. Errol. Hello. Yes. Errol says, how long is it going to take for neo-Nazis to wake the fuck up and realize that their hero Hitler bit the dust back 75 years ago? Exactly. Darth, hello. Hello, Els214. Hello, Andrea. Hello. Who else is here? Greg, of course. Hello, hello. You guys can join our Discord community as well and see pictures of Ray and all the other cats and everyone else's pets and everything else. You could see a lot on that Discord. Darth, Terry Taylor, Jim, hello. I want to thank you all. Lori, hello, hello. Who else is here? Did I miss anybody? I see other people here. They're not chatting. Russian bot, hello. Thank you all. And, of course, all the super chatters. Thank you, Jim and Richard. Thank you, Shannon. And Jim again, of course. KT, thank you. And Lori. Oh, hi, Tara Jr. Jr. You're back. Are you back? You want to come back? Come on. Get up here, then. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? Get up here. Get up. Get up. Come on, man. All right. Come on. Come on. You coming up? So here's what 
is concerning. Okay, before we move on, Amy Coney Barrett, call your senator, call your representative, Democrat, especially Republican, please. It doesn't, whatever they do, um, they're going to ram this bitch onto the court, but we can't roll over. We just can't. This is the tyranny of the minority. And how much longer are we going to take it? I'll read this quickly. The tyranny of the minority. This is from Vox uh, by Dylan Matthews. I, I keep saying this. We need to get this out there. This zeitgeist. Cause we, okay, what we talk about on the show. Liberals are the real progressives. We... That's what we have to... I mean, that's the stupidest thing. Liberals are the real progressives. Liberals are the real patriots. Duh. Liberals are the patriots because we are capable of functioning in a free democratic society. We don't leave people behind. This is... We have to spread that meme, that feeling, reclaim the mantle of patriotism. The other thing is... As far as what the Republicans are up to, packing the courts. You know, when they say they blocked Obama from filling the court, they blocked us, the American people. We are the majority. And enough of this tyranny of the minority. What we're witnessing today is the tyranny of the minority. They are not a majority party. They don't have the majority opinion. They don't have the majority people on their side. They don't represent a majority of Americans. And every time, if, it, if there are Democrats who are in government listening to this podcast, or they hear, or somebody, you know somebody, you, you're a friend of a friend of somebody, who is in government, that has a, an official role, please pass this on to them. I try as much as I can. That they have to constantly... That's what Twitter does. Just repeat it. It's the tyranny of the minority. They're not a majority party. They didn't receive the most votes. These Supreme Court justices are... A are, are the it's the tyranny of the minority. They are illegitimate. You want to um, rectify all of this Republican damage to the to this country, and they keep they use the Republican frame packing the court. Even Joe Biden said this packing the court. He said, "Well, I don't want to talk about packing the court. You're not packing the court. You're." Re you're you're writing the wrong of illegitimately stolen court seats. Okay? You're not packing goddamn shit. You're packing, you're fixing what the Republicans broke in order to save democracy. You're doing it as a patriotic duty. So because Republicans, they don't have the majority. They don't have the majority opinion. They don't have the majority on their side. They don't represent a majority of people. And they didn't receive the most votes. 
even in the Senate, keep repeating that. You think that if Republicans were in our shoes, not that they would be because the Democrats wouldn't fight like Republicans do, but if they were if um, they, they were in this position, they wouldn't remind the American people at every goddamn opportunity that Democrats got millions more votes. Not just in the House. Okay, we're in the majority now. But even when the Democrats were in the minority in the House, they received million, a million more votes. In the Senate, the, the, the Republicans received fewer votes. It's ridiculous. And they're in the minority. The Democrats are in the minority. This is unacceptable. Because the whole damn country is rigged in the favor of the Republicans. Even though you know what Twitler does. He goes out. He lies. Constantly lies. Oh, the Electoral College doesn't favor Republicans. No, it does. Everything favors them. That's why they're in majority in the Senate when they shouldn't be. How do you get in a country? How are you? This is why we're in this place, right? How do you get to this point in a country where the, the people who receive less votes are in charge? Ramming their, sh- their, their bullshit fringe ideology down our throats. Their anti-democratic ideology. Now, remember during the ACA when they were always like, the, the Obamacare being rammed down our throats. They're, they always talk about things being rammed down their throats, calling Dr. Freud, I know. But well, here they are. Talk about ram. That's why they, they talk about ramming down our throats, because they ram things down our throats. At least with Obamacare, they got the most votes. They went through the process. And then it was put up for a vote in a midterm election and another presidential election. And we won. Thereby, the American people won. That's why they're all crying about their pre-existing conviction protections now. And Republicans are pretending that they care. And then now they can't. They couldn't do it during an election. They couldn't do it through the legislative process so they're going to put some freak on the court overturning their own bullshit rules that they used to destroy the court to put the nail in the coffin and I'm sorry to say that means the nail in the literal coffin of many of our fellow Americans and maybe it'll be you maybe it'll be me they don't care. Republicans, that's, they're there to make the rich richer. Throwing this ACA, overturning it, gives more power to the insurance racket again. That's why they have to get rid of it. The, the insurance racket doesn't want to have to cover your pre-existing conditions. It doesn't want to have to pay for your preventative care or keep kids on 
till their their parents plan till age 26 they want the kids to get their own damn plans so they can rat, rip them off i hate them it's unreal so democrats please stop pretending you're a minority party Stop acting like you're on the wrong side or you gotta be like, oh, please, please, Republicans. <clears throat> God. My God. Yeah, and uh, I'm just gonna summarize this article in Vox called The Tyranny of the Majority Isn't a Problem in America Today, It's the Tyranny of the Minority. By Dylan Matthews, minority rule brought us Trump and worse. He writes, Jeffrey Rosen, the CEO of the National Constitution Center and a former legal columnist at the New Republic, thinks America has given in to mob rule. We've betrayed the legacy of James Madison, Rosen writes, who built into the Constitution a series of cooling mechanisms intended to inhibit the formulation of passionate factions to ensure that reasonable majorities will prevail. Rosen's essay in the new issue of The Atlantic on the theme of American democracy in crisis warns that those cooling mechanisms have broken down and Madison's worst fears are now being realized. Presidents now communicate directly with voters and pander to the mob, while Congress and public debate is inflammatory and polarized. The internet has made Madison's observation that the ease of communication in small republics like ancient Athens and Rome will precisely, was precisely what, it, what had allowed hastily formed majorities to oppress minorities. Newly ter terrifying, relevant, Rosen laments. The essay is not particularly clear about what instances of mob rule exactly terrify Rosen. So he suggests he's concerned by the prospect of an inflamed majority oppressing vulnerable minorities. The print headline of the piece is Madison versus the mob, but no names or examples of such minority oppression illustrate his concern. <clears throat> but if I'm correctly interpreting his concern, Rosen has things exactly backwards. American politics does not suffer from an excess of majority rule. It suffers, as the New York Times' Michelle Goldberg has repeatedly argued, from an excess of minority rule. The president was elected after losing the popular vote by a margin of 2.1 points, or nearly 2.9 million votes. Republicans won the popular vote for the House of Representatives fair and square in 2016. But election analysts argue that Democrats will likely need to win the House popular vote this year by anything from 6 to 11 points in order to gain the majority. Only winning by 5 points probably won't be enough. The Senate is, by design, a grotesquely unrepresentative body that amplifies the power of small states at the expense of voters in big states. 
And given how America's political geography has developed in the past two centuries, it's now a body in which white rural interests are privileged over those of black and Latino city dwellers. Given how much wider the median state is than the median American voter. And then there's the Supreme Court. These past few years, the court has been dominated by a Republican-appointed majority that has issued rulings that happen to strengthen their anti-majoritarian hold on power. In June, the court banned a key financing mechanism for public sector unions. Of course they did. One of the financial and institutional backbones of the political party that won more votes the Democratic Party. So, we know from state experience with right-to-work laws that restricting agency fees banned by the court improves the Republicans' electoral margins and lowers voter turnout. So, five members of the court, in effect, invoked the Constitution to overturn a democratically agreed-upon social policy whose repeal empowers the political party that appointed those members. That's just one example, but there are plenty others. In the 2013 case of Shelby County versus Holder, the court struck down Section 4 of the Voting Rights Act, which requires states with a history of voter suppression to pre-clear new voting laws with the Justice Department as if that matters now, but you know what I mean. I initially thought that liberals were panicking about that ruling, but subsequent empirical research suggests I was wrong. Yeah, of course you were wrong, this guy. Within hours of them overturning the Voting Rights Act, the Section 4 of the Voting Rights Act, the Republicans were filing their bullshit laws, their, their challenges to in Texas and different, all of these other states, not all of them, I and mean, you know what I mean, in many states and all these red states, they, it, it didn't take days or weeks. It was hours. They were standing by, ready to screw the American people. God, you know, and, and Robert said, well, racism is over, so why do we need this law? And um, an RG, RBG pointed out it's sort of like putting your umbrella away during a rainstorm because you're not getting wet, you know, because of the umbrella. Oh, my God. All right. The Supreme Court famously ruled in, 2000, in 2010 Citizens United case that individuals and corporations could not be prevented from funneling unlimited sums of money into political activities so long as those funds didn't li- literally make it to the campaign, com- uh, to the candidates' campaign committees. Oh, God, whatever. You know, I'll just get to the bottom of this. So on the one hand, we have a president who lost the popular vote the second time that has happened in the past five elections. A House districted in such a way that even a large five-point victory by Dems in the popular vote in November wouldn't give them a majority of seats. 
a Senate elected by a skewered, unusually white cross-section of America, where the median Senate seat is substantially more conservative than the median American voter, and a Supreme Court that is dismantling one party's political economic base and helping preserve and even strengthen the other party's anti-majoritarian hold on power. On the one hand, it's definitely true that large groups of people attacking you on Twitter can be uncomfortable sometimes and perhaps even feel like a mob. But, contra to Rosen, I'm much more worried about the ways America's falling short of any form of majoritarianism, reasoned or otherwise. Okay, whatever. Oh, help me, Lord. Where's, is everybody here? Are we still here? Is there anybody out there? Just not if you can hear me. There'll be no more. Ah! <laughs> Did you hear that? He's joined in. There'll be no more. Ah! Come on. <laughs> There'll be no more. Ah! But you might feel a little sick. I know I do. Get up, get up. All right, here we go. Um, last thing, or maybe last. Where are you guys? I do believe it's working good. That'll keep you going for the show. Come on, it's time to go. I gotta... Oil. I need to grease that little widget so it doesn't make that squeaky noise where are all my people in the chat room why is Katara Jr. moving my mic I, I have become uncomfortably numb. I'm not numb. I wish I was numb. Where's my people in the chat room? I can't find you anywhere at all. What is going on in this show? Yo, yo. I don't see anyone at all stop singing in my freaking ear <laughs> why is she singing she sucks too why who gave this show a thumbs down I'm gonna Give you a thumbs down too. <laughs> well, thumb double thumbs down to you. Whoever gave this show a thumbs down. 
I'm gonna give you a thumbs down too. You don't have any taste in shows, do you? I can tell that you are a fool. Take your thumb. I don't go to your job and give you a thumbs down. Oh, somebody gave me a second thumbs down as I was saying that. Who is giving me a thumbs down? Now I got two fucking thumbs downs. I'm coming to your job to give you a thumbs down. Thumbs down. I'll give you a thumbs down. <laughs> a third thumbs down! Who is giving me thumbs down? Because I'm saying thumbs down. This is, now I'm getting fucking three thumbs down? Four! <laughs> All right, make it five. Make it five. Come on, come on. Come on, you could do it, trolls. You can do it. Do it, trolls. That yeah, we got a five. Can we get any more thumbs ups, people? Fucking trolls. I hate them. They just don't like the truth. They like... Let's see what they like. They like this. I don't feel good about turning down money. Because my whole life I've been greedy, greedy, greedy. I've grabbed all the money. Eight I thumbs downs. So wow. What's going on? That's the most thumbs down I ever got. Let's get... How many thumbs downs can you give me? Trolls. Come on, you could do better. Eight, ten, twenty? Is that all you got? Don't worry, honey. I'll be back. That's all they got because what else do they got? They got nothing. I got I few I'm putting thumbs down on because I I am begging for a trickle. Use your thumbs down to beg for a trickle. Now the thumbs down are going away. Who's giving me thumbs down? It's you guys. You're playing. You're playing with me. Now I'm back to five thumbs downs. You must be... You're playing with my head, man. I feel like I'm... I'm tripping out, man. Now it's four thumbs down. Can we get back to one? Can we get none? Three thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, did I win you over? Two thumbs down. I know it was you guys playing it on. You must be playing a joke on me. Now it's three. Come on. Get it back up oh, to. <laughs> you guys are playing. You're playing. Now if I bring Ray out here, we better get a lot of thumbs ups. I'm not bringing him out now. I can't. I got to introduce them. <laughs> oh, God. You see? Maybe it was my singing? 
They didn't like my singing? I don't know. They don't like my cats. They don't like my show. They like they don't like my house. They don't like my CDs on the wall because it's 1920. What's what year is this? Oh, 2020, right? They don't like my my sh cat hair on my shirt. They don't like me. That's okay. You can always have you always have Twitter to tell you I don't feel good about turning down money because my whole life I've been greedy 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 I've grabbed all the money I could get I'm so greedy Ugh, isn't he gross all right a couple things I gotta get out of here because array so speaking of Republicans you know they're all this uh Mail-in voting is such a, it's, uh, it makes, it's logical that there's cheating. Yeah, of course, because when Republicans are involved, there's cheating. So in order to, I guess, prove that there are a bunch of cheaters, they found that the Republicans, the GOP, installed unofficial ballot drop-off boxes which is illegal. And this is what they do. When when you find, you don't really find. Now, as far as I, you know, I'm sure throughout history, there's been cases of people. There's no, there's no cases of in-person voting. No one's, no one's voting twice, especially illegals. They don't want to jeopardize their um their their lives being dragged out of the country by voting twice for what for so, so oh they get paid how much you got worth your life to be deported the fact is it doesn't happen and they know that so George W Bush they they always cry about voting fraud what's the real fraud is election fraud. Electronic voting machine, the, the red shift, where it's funny how these electronic voting machines, whenever there's discrepancies, it's always favoring the Republicans, always. That's why it even has a name called red shift. It never favors the Democrats when there are these strange anomalies. So now they're all up in arms about mail-in voting because they're setting up for their dumb Fuhrer a, re a, a reason for him not to concede when he loses because he's a loser. He's always lost, and he's only won by cheating. Of course, cheating. And I would say, I mean, he received fewer votes. And, oh, he won by the rules that were set in place by an archaic, arcane, racist slave system that didn't want their human property to be de uh, voted out of existence. Instead, we had to go to war, and 500,000 human beings had to lose their lives so they could, uh, so the Republic, you know, well, not the Republicans, the conservatives, they couldn't evolve 
through legislation? Of course not. So, um, all of the uh, the scams and the whatever you know the the all the illegal voting going on, it's it always ends up being the the right wingers. So this is something that came out today in the Washington Post and all over. This is Katie Shepard's article. The metal boxes have popped up around Southern California in recent weeks from churches to gun stores to gyms. On the front, an authoritative-looking sign beckons to voters, official ballot drop-off box. The California GOP has pushed voters to pop their mail-in ballots inside. Social media posts have advertised their locations. And one regional field director posted a photo to Twitter on Friday showing him holding a ballot in front of one of those boxes. Let me show you. Let's see. Of course, you can't see it. Where is it? Here it is. There it is. Just doing my my part and voting early. He tweets, oh my God, help me. Jordan Teig wrote in a now-deleted tweet, which was reviewed by the Washington Post before it was removed. DM me for convenient locations to drop off, to drop your ballot off at. But these containers, which which were first reported by the Orange County Register and KCAL are not county-authorized ballot drop-off sites. In fact, the unofficial boxes are against the law. Of course they are. Official ballot drop-off box. Official. That really looks official, though. Somebody printed it on their home printer. Yeah, I love the way they put the red stripes. I like the like old glory and the stars reminds me of the states representing all the states in real America not in the blue states in the real America where real white people know where their their place at the top if only we could take out the blue states we would have a real America well just don't take out the tax money that funds the real America just take him out take him out Well, we're taking them out with the tyranny of the minority. Operating unofficial ballot drop-off boxes, especially those misrepresented as official drop boxes, is not just misleading to voters, it's a violation of state law, says California Secretary of State Alex Padilla, a Democrat, told the Post in an email, My office is coordinating with local officials to address the multiple reports of unauthorized ballot drop-off boxes. Californians should only use official ballot drop boxes that have been deployed and secured by their county elections office. Erecting or advertising unofficial ballot boxes could be a felony that carries a two-year to four-year prison sentence. Official ballot return locations are listed on the Secretary of State's website, but 
Republican leaders are encouraging voters to bring their completed ballots to unlisted sites equipped with the unofficial green boxes at locations including smog checks and gas stations. Holy shit. The GOP said that it was using a 2016 law passed by Democrats that the party argues legalized a practice called ballot harvesting. I Wait a minute. Ballot harvesting? Isn't that... Wait, 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 wait. I feel like Nancy Drew over here. Nancy Drew with a New York accent over here. Elan <clears throat> Omar, I thought that isn't this this the crime that Project Veritas, the bunch of liars and selective editors and felons, said that Elon Omar had 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 uh, had done what viral video spreads unfounded claim about rep Elon Omar see it's ballot it's only ballot harvesting when someone who's not white does it I guess Omar connected harvester seen exchanging $200 for general election ballot, which is all bullshit, by the way. <clears throat> and then they were all on social media talking about ballot harvesting. But we're only ballot har- it's only It's only illegal when Democrats do it. Republicans really... It's the hypocrisy, too. That's so unreal. <clears throat> oh, here we go. The Democrat anger. Oh, my God. Fuck you. The Democrat anger. <sighs> Breathe. <clears throat> Is overblown when state law allows organizations, volunteers, or campaign workers to collect completed ballots and drop them off at polling places. Well, what's good for one is good for all, right? If Democrats are so concerned with ballot harvesting, they are the ones who wrote the legislation. (laughs) Oops. Well, you know what's um, concerning, freaks, is that you don't say that this is a Republican ballot harvesting box. And the other thing is that they put these boxes in minority neighborhoods or uh, places where that have a primary Democratic constituency. So, you know, what do you think of the odds those ballots made it to the official, official ballot box. Right? Oh, my God. 
The California law allows people to hand their ballots over to any designated person who then delivers the ballot. Under that law, California Democrats have held ballot parties where attendees fill out their mail-in ballots and leave them with volunteers who return the ballots en masse. But Republicans in the state often decry ballot harvesting. Of course they do. They would decry water is wet if Democrats insisted it. And the California GOP sued Governor Gavin Newsom this year over the practice. Now the party is using the same law to justify the unofficial ballot boxes, arguing that its boxes are akin to volunteers who collect ballots from voters. This procedure has been in place since 2016. Not sure why people are all of the sudden surprised. Well, maybe, like I said, if you freaks, you anti-American, anti-democratic freaks, would say, this box is put here by the freakish Republican Party. Put your ballot in there. We pretty please, pinky swear, yes, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, swearing, swear up and down on the blood of the Lamb that we will put your ballot in the official official box. You just just hand them over to us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me what tell did, you what this book is. What did Mitch McConnell say? I give, uh, and uh, I will uh, give uh, you uh, full uh, credit for that. Uh, 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 uh. I gotta get that laugh isolated. Uh, 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 uh. Just hand those ballots over to us, Democrat Party. We'll get you. We'll put them in the official, official box. Don't worry about it. Well, you know, all they had to do is say, this is not an official box. It's not official. See? That's all they had to do. Instead of saying... Official ballot drop-off box. No post is necessary. And you know that, I don't know, maybe not in California. I don't know. In New York, you had to put stamps on your ballot, on your mail-in ballot. I mailed my ballot in. I took my mail, my, my ballot to the post office, and had it weighed to make sure I put the appropriate postage on it. So maybe not in California. They they might have uh, no postage necessary. But that's one of the ways that, as you remember when Greg Palace was on the show, one of the ways that they suppress the vote is that they, they throw out these mail-in ballots by engaging in all sorts of dirty tricks. Like one of them is that they only put one box that says postage here, and they'll put a box when you need two stamps 
You know what I mean? So people just assume, okay, I only need one stamp because there's only one box. So they need, but you need two. They they do that. Because uh, America or something. Stand with steel. Oh my God, kill me, please, somebody. No, no, don't, don't. I'm just saying that. I mean, kill my, my pain. We have so much more to talk about. We'll see if we can get back to it tomorrow. There, I wanted to get into the one, somebody, uh, who was it, on this chat, I don't remember who wrote, about Twitler. Well, let's just do it, fuck it. I'm late. I, I was only going to do a two-hour show. I didn't know there'd be so much singing and thumbs-downing and thumbs-upping. and I didn't know. I didn't know. I know. No. All right. We'll just do this quickly. Jesus. I, I'm looking this up, and I wrote Twitler. <laughs> I can. I do that all the time. Instead of writing Trump, I write Twitler. And instead of writing Republican, I write Republican. Okay. This is embarrassing. For for us as Americans. How uh, Trump wanted to wear a Superman shirt to surprise people when he left the hospital. All right. God help me. Get me out of here. Somebody, is there anybody listening to this show in Ireland or England? I can get my Irish citizenship. I just got to, I need a somewhere to stay. Please. You got an extra room? I can live in and maybe... Well, I need well with three cats. I can't. I cannot deal with this. Trump reportedly want to rip open his button-down shirt to reveal a Superman T-shirt, which really, if if this is if Marvel Comics or whoever owns the Superman trademark, come on. You gotta have, you gotta stop that. He's Superman? This disgusting orange grifter? He's disgusting, okay? I know I said that. But on all levels, he's morbidly obese. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to say that. He calls people pigs. I wouldn't I wouldn't insult pigs by calling him a pig. He's nothing but a He's disgusted. I can't even. I can't. I can't. <clears throat> Superman. Do one push-up, Trump. Do one. I dare you. I challenge you, Superman. One. That's it. That's all. Just one. How about even a modified, modified push-up, which otherwise known as the girly push-ups. 
You could do a modified push-up. Do one push-up. That's all. Superman, do one push-up, Superman. Do one sit-up. One. That's it. One. Oh, my God. This is from Business Insider. Ugh. It starts, President Donald Trump. Ugh. Otherwise known as Twitler, who contracted the coronavirus... Oh, God. Well, I know. I was there. I saw it all happen. No, not in person, but I, I don't want to relive it. Because I was hopeful for one second, for one minute, and there's four years of hell. I had hope. And then coronavirus had to let me down. And it didn't even let me down easy. It was like, what? He's out of the hospital? Wait, wait, what? We had to pay? He's in a socialist hospital? And on, on my dime? What? He's out? What? What? He's having a rally? What? It's not even... It's I'm like, pinch me. Do something. Get me another kitten in here quickly. Trump made several calls during his stay at the Walter Reed, the Socialist Public Hospital, Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, for a draft-dodging tax cheat who calls veterans and those who made the ultimate sacrifice losers and suckers, and who also likes his heroes who are not captured. Oh, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna go nuts, somebody. I'm telling you, Ireland, England. Come on, you know how to get in touch with me. Upon leaving the hospital, he would rip open his dress shirt to reveal a shirt with the famous Superman logo. And of course, I wonder if he would be wearing some kind of prosthetic to cover up his man boobs. And his gut. You know, like those, the Roman breastplates. Every, has, everybody has, uh, what is that, uh, those <laughs> five-minute abs? Or ten-minute abs? Oh, God, help me. Trump announced he was diagnosed with the coronavirus. Oh, okay, okay. We know, we know. During Trump's three-day stay... Yeah, you want to look at Tara Jr. Jr. while I'm doing this. There he is. Look how chubby. He's a chub-chub. That's my game over here. You can't see that. Look at this chubby baby. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to fat shame you. During Trump's three-day stay at the hospital contradicting narratives on his prognosis emerged. Okay, I don't care. Hi. Oh, I know you don't like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, honey. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. You see how he battles his own instinct? He doesn't want me touching his paw. But he cannot bite his mama. 
So he just goes, he screams. All right, relax, baby. All right, we were here already. Don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. And if you don't beat it, you're a loser and a sucker. But we don't need them anyway because they're not driven. If you died of coronavirus, you, um, you're just not, you're not a Superman, I guess. Look up, this is from Deadline. Look up in the sky. Who wrote this? Bruce Herring. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Twitler. The New York Times reported Saturday that Trump floated the idea of a stunt, whatever, where he would open his button-down shirt and reveal a Superman T-shirt. How dare. I wish the people who own the Superman patent or whatever, copyright, would say, shut the fuck up. Oh, look at this. Dean Cain? Oh, he's a, he's a right winger, right? Wait, where is it? Mm-mm-mm. Right, he writes, that would have been amazing. Unforgettable. Yeah, for, right, for all the wrong reasons, freak. That's true. Superman is an adopted immigrant. Twenty mm. Fifth Amendment. What a gross place we live. Ha! <laughs> Look, dang Superman, you really let yourself go. That's true. Yeah, let's uh get Henry Cavill in here to compare. That's true. Here are people who should be wearing a Superman costume. Exactly. And the picture shows the medical workers in a hospital. All right, my friends. Thank you for everything, including your thumbs ups, your thumbs downs, your thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs down. You guys. You guys, you guys, you guys. Let's see what happens. Hopefully, we'll have a show tomorrow. Would you like a show tomorrow? Or you've had enough of me? Who's had enough? Raise your hand. All right. I see a couple of hands in the back. You're collecting those ballots? Make sure that yours are counted. Yes. Hmm. Lincoln Republican. Who's that? I'm looking on the... On the Facebook chat. All right, my friends. You guys are great. Thank you all for hanging out. Share the show with your friends. Like and share. Hit the notification bell. I have to give you the spiel. I am very sorry. Do you want a show? I don't know. Is Ray available <laughs> for a show? He can't come out, though, because I have to introduce them slowly. I only live in a one-bedroom apartment. 
So he's in the bedroom. So and he's in a cone because he got his balls removed. So I'm not going to start the introduction process until he's out of the cone and he's healed completely. And then we'll start. And soon, 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 he will be around. He'll be here. He, I got to get him uh, some kind of... Well, he's wearing a collar with a bell on it because um, I keep stepping on him. He he likes to walk around my feet because he's adorable, but because he's all black, I can't see him sometimes, and I step on him. <laughs> so I'm going to buy him a harness, a thing, so I can see him. He has a bell, but I think I want to put him in a little jacket. Not a jacket, you know, a little harness. It'll fit him nice. What you, ouch. All the men on the stream are like, <laughs> he doesn't need them. He'll be fine. It's better. You should fix all your animals. All your animals should be fixed. Spay and neuter animals, please. <laughs> no more testicle cutting talk, please. All right. All right, guys, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. I haven't, nobody said anything, but whatever. If you're here, you're here. If you're not, you're not. If I have a show, if you're not, if I do, if I don't, we'll see. If somebody becomes a patron, we will definitely have a show. That's how it works. Become a patron if you can, you know. I understand it's a shitty time. And... You don't have to become a patron at... I mean, there's like a $2 a month one. So, that's like... What is that? It's like 50 cents. I mean, how much is that? Like 5 cents a show? Holy moly. Alright. So, thanks for hanging out. I know it's... Whatever. It is... It's hit or miss sometimes. You never know what'll happen. The cursing, the crying, the the cats. All right. Get some rest. We're going to need it. And thanks, everyone. Thanks, Els214, for your super chat. Thank you. I didn't see that. And thank you all. Thanks, Lori, Katie, Jim, Shannon, Richard, and Jim, again, same Jim, different times. I appreciate it. And Jim and and Shannon and many others on this who do super chat are also patrons. So I, I have to say, thank you. I really appreciate it. And and you know, there's other ways to support the show. Give the show a good review. That helps. Share the show. Everything helps. But most important. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. So work it. You're worth it. And live it. And remember what I say. It's true. Liberals. Progressives. Are the real patriots. 
You know it because we're capable of functioning in a free democratic society, but we also created America. Don't forget it. Don't let them forget it. We created America while their right-wing ancestors were pining to be trickled upon by the king. So we will save it from the likes of them again. And remember what I say. E pluribus unum, that's another way of saying we stick together, we win, and we will win because we're on the right side of history, we're on the right side of decency, and the right side of democracy. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out, and hopefully I'll see you tomorrow night.